Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Go to our YouTube chat, like, subscribe immediately. If you're on this, immediately go right now, YouTube, and like and subscribe. My man, Jimmy Ursay, is pissed. Reason I'm opening with this is simple. We told you back when Jimmy Ursay, and we're going to play his comments here in a minute. We told you, Jimmy Ursay, there was a backstory when he came out after Daniel Snyder. Fast forward to this morning or yesterday. Here's a tweet from Jimmy Ursay, and then I will explain that tweet. Here we go. If an NFL team attempted to contract Andrew, Andrew Luck or any associate of him to play for their franchise, it would be a clear violation of the league's tampering policy. Well, guess what? Guess who that team was? You know who that team was. That team was Daniel Snyder and the Commanders. Now, People may say, well, I don't know. Well, of course they reached out. Well, no, 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 no. What Jimmy Ursay is saying here is that if they in fact did, and let's be honest, Jimmy Ursay 1,000% knows that they did. No, he knows. 100, I mean, he absolutely knows. This isn't maybe, sort of, kind of. Now, the average fan says, of course, well, you know, of course you reach out to Andrew Luck. No, see, Andrew Luck is still technically property of the Colts. He was the four-time Pro Bowler. He retired at age 28. He retired and has been basically out of sight, out of mind. But last year, all of a sudden, the commanders realized this Carson Wentz thing ain't any good. Heineke ain't that good. We got Sam Howe. We better reach out. We better explore all options. So they reached out, apparently, allegedly, to Andrew Luck. Now, let me take you back. Everybody wondered, and I told you there's always a backstory in these things. There is always a freaking backstory to things that seem odd in sports. Let's go back October before all the meetings to Jim Ursay talking about whether or not Daniel Snyder should be evaluated to lose his franchise. No other owner stepped up. No other owner said a thing. And everybody wondered, why is Ursay doing this? Well, I'll tell you why Ursay's doing this. Because he knew Snyder had been tampering or trying to tamper or messing around or doing whatever he does with Andrew Luck. And it blanked Ursay off. There's always a freaking Backstory here. Let's hear from Ursay a few months ago. You know, I think that's hard to say. I, I would imagine. Um, you know, I, I would. I would think it, it, it's hard to say. You know, it, it, um, it. You know, I don't know how long it will take. Certainly, we're going to be thorough and look at everything. Um, and you know, it could be at the March meeting. It could be. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, um, but I know we want to be thorough and looking at everything. Jim, you, you can sort of hear the emotion in your voice. Um, like, what really troubles you most 
about the way that his actions have reflected on the rest of you? Well, that's not what we stand for in the, in the National Football League. And I think owners have been painted incorrectly a lot of times um, by various people and under various situations. And that's not what we're about, you know. And we do, we do care a great deal for each other. Um, you know, there's a lot of friendships in this league and closeness. Um, and, um, you know, Bob Kraft just getting married. I talked to him and sent him a gift. And, and there's just a lot of closeness in this league. And I don't think it, some of the things I've heard, it doesn't represent us at all. Um, and, you know, I want the American public and the world to know what we're about as owners. Jim, you said that Dan Snyder should get removed. Should the Snyder family sell? I, I said he should, there's consideration that he should be removed. You know, we have to complete the investigation. But but to me, um, it's something that I think serious consideration has to be given to the removal. And we have complete authority to do that. Of him or just the order family, period? I, I think, uh, in general, of, of him uh, being removed and selling the franchise. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Don't buy anything on its face value. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't buy anything. Jim Ursay absolutely knew something was going on, and in fact, I would bet dollars to donuts that Jimmy Ursay knew that the commanders were tamping with Andrew Luck as late as a year ago now. Draft time now is what I'm hearing. And Jimmy Ursay, uh, I don't know, he was pissed, so when you get pissed, you fire back. And everybody wondered, why did Jimmy Ursay do that? Why did Jimmy Ursay come out? You just found out. NBA last night, not without its controversy, a monster shove-off, unbelievable shove-off by uh, J- T- Jason Tatum on Tyrese Maxey, which resulted in a three. But, but the 76ers show some satchel, baby. And somehow, some way, Jalen Brown left a wide open James Harden in the corner for the game-winning three. Now, I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, um, I'm all in on James Harden. I don't want to be all in on James Harden. I think James Harden's brand of basketball sucks. I don't think he plays defense, although he did on the block left side game one. But, man, you got to give James Harden credit. He's become big game James, right? He hit the three to put him up. Shot at the buzzer was late by Marcus Smart. Next thing you know, Sixers get the win. But it was not without controversy. All right, let's hear from a pissed-off, very, very pissed off Doc Rivers, who, by the way, is not the coach of the Celtics. He's the coach of the 76ers, and his team won. Let's hear from Doc Rivers. Jason Tatum's three was awful that that wasn't called. Awful. Did you? Did you think it was a push-off? I'm asking you. No, no, be, be committed. Did you think it was a push-off? It was a push-off. You can't – and the reason it, it bugged me because – at the end of the game, there were the touch fouls. You know, Jason Tatum has a 360 foul. Uh, Marcus Smart and Tuck gets tangled up. Touch foul. So we're going to call it that way. Then you have to call that. Uh, to me, that you got to call that play. I know it's a big play, and I'm a big fan of refs not deciding, but that could have decided the game. 
Yeah, Doc Rivers pissed, and he's not wrong. Uh, but here's the deal. Here's what you got to understand. I've been preaching this a long, long time because I talk to referees, and they'll tell you. They'll be the first ones to tell you re- replay has screwed them up. Replay has screwed up their mentality. It used to be you saw the call, you made the call, and you didn't give another thought to it. Now you see the call, you make the call, but you wonder if replay's going to overturn you, and are you going to be embarrassed? Now, we don't really get embarrassed about the referees, but the referees themselves do. You're out there. You're supposed to be the best in the world. You make a call. Next thing you know, the whole world knows the call was wrong. It's overturned, and away you go. That does not sit well with the psyche of referees. Referees have a different psyche. They have to be right. They have to believe they're right, and they have to believe that they know more than you, me, or anybody on the bench, and that's not what's happening now. What's happening now is referees are worried about the two-minute drill where the league office sends out what happened in the last two minutes. Referees are worried about having to go to that TV camera and say the push-off is under review. They're scared to death of that. Scared to death is the wrong way to put it, but it is in the back of their minds. And when you have something other than actually doing your job in the fastest sport in the world, other than hockey, well, guess what? That ain't good. Let's just put it that way. That ain't good. You've got to be sure. You've got to know you are right, and you've got to know what you saw. But any doubt, boy, oh, boy, that is not great. And refereeing has become horrendous. Here's the thing you're seeing. You thought they didn't call traveling back in the day. It's worse now. They don't even think about calling traffic. But the Celtics got, or excuse me, the Sixers got to win 116 to 115. This is a real series. Don't leave James Harden alone in the corner, Jalen Brown. What are you doing? You got to help off P.J. Tucker. Even though P.J. Tucker is a great corner shooter, I'm not letting big game James open in the corner. Are you insane? What is wrong with you? All right, we had drama. First time I'd ever seen this. We can't show it because it's in an NBA game, but I'm sure you've seen the pictures of Matt Ishbia, the new young owner of the Phoenix Suns being kind of elbowed or kind of put out of the way by Nikolai Jokic, and then he goes all WWE with the flop. It's going to be interesting to see if Jokic gets uh, uh, suspended. I don't believe that he will. Jokic, however, uh, he ain't happy. Jokic spoke to the media after the game. Here it is. Let's hear from Jokic, fellas. He told he told me he I was elbowing the, the the fan, so but the fan put the hand on me first. So I thought the, the league supposed to protect us or whatever. So but maybe maybe I'm wrong. So we will see. Did it's, you happen to know who the fan was? He's a fan of. He's on on on. on the, I know who is, but he he's a fan, isn't he? Is uh, he is a setting senior? Phoenix Suns owner sitting on the court and he's a fan, isn't he? Yep. That doesn't mean that he's a so whoever it is and he's a fan. He cannot influence the game by holding the ball. Do, do you worry that this may lead to a fine or suspension or anything? Why? Like that? Uh, just if the NBA official said that he thought you shoved him. Mm-hmm. So, but his hands on me, so I'm, they're not going to protect me. They're going to protect the fan. I mean... No, not me, not me as a person, but I'm talking about as a player. Yeah. I mean, they can do whatever, of course, they don't care, but I think they're supposed to protect players. Were, were you surprised that he didn't just hand you the ball? I mean, that's what I expected maybe would happen. The fan would. Even if he didn't, I was, I was trying to rip the ball and so he didn't let go, so 
he's influencing the game, I think. Uh, I think he's supposed to get kicked out if he's influencing the game. Yeah, I like the fact that we could show it, and that's awesome. Yeah, look, hey, you're a fan. Get out of the way. Give up the ball. I don't know really who's at fault. I mean, Jokic kind of did bully his way in there. But Ishbia, look, you're you're not. He's a scrappy little former uh, walk-on at Michigan State. He's just scrappy. So he's trying to be scrappy. I, I don't blame him, but I don't blame I don't blame Jokic either. I mean, what the hell? But you know what? The flop is glorious. So from now on, that's what Ishbia is going to be reminded. Mike Malone uh, is the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. Now, you got to understand, when you lose, you're not very happy. When you lose, you're kind of pissed, right? And so Mike Malone got beat. Now the series is really in the favor of the Suns. Here is Mike Malone. I'm still not really sure what happened. I haven't seen a video of it. Um, I think it's crazy that Nikola got a technical foul in that situation. He's going to get the ball, and some some fan is holding on to the ball like he wants to be a part of the game. Just just get the ball up, man. You know what I mean? And you know they they deemed Nikola doing something that was excessive, I guess, and they gave him the tech. But uh, I still don't really understand it. I don't give a shit. I mean, it's you know it's. I really don't care. I'm with you, brother. Hey, look, Ishbia, if you're going to be in there and you're going to be acting like a freaking jag, then maybe you should get pushed over. But you know what? The flop should be beneath an owner. The whole action should be beneath an owner. What do you guys call it? A governor in the NBA? I mean, let's be real here. I mean, shouldn't at some point in our world, shouldn't people that are in leadership positions be above stupid stuff, just be above silly antics? I mean, seriously. I mean, look, we don't we know that our current our current president isn't. Our former president, Trump, wasn't. Nobody's above like stupid antics. Like, what is this, the WWE? We're flopping, we're throwing our hands back, we're acting like we've been shot in the chest? I mean, come on, people. Come on. What are we doing here? But anyway, so Ishbia decides, well, I'm going to get involved in the game. And look, maybe Jokic's shove, maybe the chicken wing did affect Ishbia. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Get out of the way. Get the hell out of the way. And, and look, Ishbia smart. He brought Isaiah Thomas, who, by the way, does not age. Isaiah Thomas refuses to age. I'm just saying. It's unbelievable. The YouTube chat is absolutely bumping. Yes, there will be a wheelbarrow of cheer. And yes, I am sponsoring your golf outing, Sean. Absolutely. A's announcer Greg Kuyper is being suspended indefinitely because he accidentally stumbled over his words in a very, very unfortunate way. I said something that didn't quite come out the way I wanted. Just want to apologize if it sounded different than what I meant it to say. I want to apologize for that. He dropped the N-word when he was describing uh, where he had been, which was the Negro baseball museum. Now, the head of the museum came out and said, look, it's unfortunate. I don't know what's in Mr. Kuyper's heart, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I will forgive. Oh, people do forgive. I I saw the video. I don't know. I mean, look, maybe he got, maybe he stumbled. Maybe it was a Freudian slip. Maybe it's something he used. I got no idea. And frankly, I feel bad for him. 
uh, because I'm guessing, just guessing here, in his lifetime, he has enough equity in the stuff that he has done well for people that a incredibly unfortunate slip, uh, you know, is going to cost him. And he'll never be hired again. I mean, let's just be honest. He's not going to come back to the job. He'll never be hired again. The A's will continue and continue and continue and continue to do something like, well, we're going to suspend them and then they're going to fire them and then they'll hire a diverse candidate or a diverse person to fill his shoes. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. So it's unfortunate for Mr. Kuyper. I don't know his heart. I don't know if it was just a slip. I have no idea. But it is what it is, and he's got to deal with the consequences of that. And I'm sure he is mortified. I'm positive he is mortified. I saw the video. He looked mortified. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, listen up here, kids. And by the way, keep crushing our like button, damn it. Let's go. Tommy Tuberville, I love you, Tommy Tuberville. I don't like you. I love you. Tommy Tuberville says about Megan Rapino, if boys could compete against Megan Rapino back in the day, she would be working at a grocery store. Uh, let's hear from the former coach Tuberville. Go, Tommy, go. Coach Tuberville, we've seen many prominent female athletes such as Megan Rapino with U.S. Soccer and Sue Bird with the WNBA not only voice their opposition to the Protect Girls in Sports Act, but actively sign petitions against it. We've seen another situation this week with a, a man winning a championship, this time in cycling with the Tour of the Gila race that we were talking yeah. about, the iconic race. Many women praised that, that victory by that man. My question to you is, if, if female athletes won't even stand up to keep men out of their competitions, is this going to end up being a lost cause? Yeah, you know, if the Rapone girl is just talking about, uh, you know, where she's retired now out of soccer, and she was a pretty average player, but she she was an activist, and and this mainstream media gave her a, a uh, loudspeaker to divorce her opinion, and that's fine. But the problem is, if she's voicing now her opinion that hey, trans boys should be able to to compete against women. Well, if that would have happened during her career, she'd have been working at Safeway or Piggly Wiggly. She would have never got right. the field. Uh, but now that she's retired, oh yeah, I'm all for this. And that's the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard. Uh, the, you know, they stand up supposedly for for all this activist stuff, but they don't stand up for what's right. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. what's right in this country. It's just as I go back to to what I said earlier. The main point about this is it's not fair. It's not fair to girls uh, to know that they're going to be playing for second or third. You know, this Leah Thomas says, well, you know, it, you know, she beat Riley Gaines and and everything is working out fine. You know, it's nobody should complain. Riley Gaines is five seven. Uh, Leah yeah. Thomas was six four. You don't you think that's fair? That uh, they they're out of their mind. I mean, but the whole country right now is just going nuts. Yeah, he ain't wrong about that. I love it. Should be working at Piggly Wiggly. Look, I'm 60 years old, fat, bald, can't run up and down the court. I could start in the WNBA right now. So women, be careful what you wish for, women athletes. Be very careful. You know I live with three mottos. Be careful what you wish for. No good deed goes unpunished. And sack the hell up. That's right, I do. So good for Tommy Tuberville. We got to stop this crap. Women, hey, they should compete against women. Dudes, they should compete against dudes. Dudes that act like women or trying to be women, go compete in your own little division there. Go figure it out. But now that Megan Rapino is out, guess what? She's a voice. 
She's a big-time voice for transgender. Why? Because she doesn't have to compete against them. She's not an athlete. She's an activist. And she and Sue Bird and the rest, they can kiss my backside. I've had enough. Power couple. We're a power lesbian trio. Uh, Diana Taurasi. Yeah, great. Wonderful. I don't care who you're stupid. Doesn't matter to me. But men should not be participating against women, period. And anybody that thinks so would be, or any woman, former athlete that thinks so, would be working or sleeping or whatever in the Piggly Wiggly or in our case here, the Kroger, the Marsh, or the Meyer. Our friend Jonathan Hutton, nice enough to join us live in studio, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Hutton makes the women swoon. Jay Hutton brings the heat. James Jay Hutton on, ladies and gentlemen. Hot Mike, 3 o'clock Eastern, joins us. All right, it's already... It's only been like a week, and I'm already tired of the Colts. The Colts are telling me that this guy is a meta. He's a unicorn. He's the greatest thing ever. This guy, Anthony Richardson. Hey, Jonathan, I've had enough. Are you getting? Is anybody saying those things about Will Levis in Tennessee? Absolutely not. Uh, Dan, good morning. Uh, Boldest take you've had is how you introduced me. I don't know uh, what I did to deserve this. You're talking about Withrow, not me. Let's be honest. Look, Anthony Richardson has the highest ceiling, in my opinion, of the four quarterbacks everyone was discussing going into the NFL draft. He also has the lowest floor. Uh, So low that the Colts, the night they drafted him, admitted that it was going to be ugly before it was pretty. It would be uglier before it was pretty. Because they know he's a project, and they're banking on the fact that Steichen and his coaching staff can shape him and mold him similar to the ways we've seen Jalen Hurts perform in Philadelphia. But the difference between the two, Philadelphia's offensive line is among the best, if not the best in the league, and they surrounded him with tons of talent. Not taking away anything from Hurts, he's an outstanding leader, and he, he not only looked the part, he, he played the part last year. But point being, Dan, there's no telling about Richardson, but it was worth the gamble for the Colts because they're desperate for a franchise quarterback, and they've tried the free agent route in recent years and have struck out bad. I mean, it has been really bad, as you well know. So I don't blame them for taking the reach. And no, no one's talking about Will Levis this way because the Titans don't feel like they reached at all because they drafted him at 33 in the second round. Yeah, see, the Colts, though, and this is where I've always liked the Titans in this vein, way, way beyond the Colts. Colts can't shut up. Like, Colts get (laughs) Matt Ryan, and they're comparing him to, like, Tom Brady. The Colts get Carson Wentz, and they're saying that he's the next, you know, we're, we're right. We got this figured out. Colts bring over Phillip Rivers, and they same thing. He's Tom Brady. Colts just can't shut up. Mike Vrabel and the Titans, they at least shut up. Yeah, they don't say anything, uh, good or bad, honestly. They, in most cases, they, they refuse to acknowledge who's playing great. <laughs> I mean, the only, the only certainty going into the offseason for the Titans was Jeffrey Simmons was going to be back with the team. And for the most part, they, <laughs> they've refused to acknowledge if Kevin Byard is going to be 100% back. They've asked him to take a pay cut. Ryan Tannehill, there was plenty of uncertainty during the draft about him. Derrick Henry has really a year left on his deal. Um, and it uh, doesn't appear as though they're extending it. But if they do, it, it's a 50-50 flip of the coin because here you don't really know. I think at least with Ballard, you get a sense of what he's trying to do or better said, what he's been told to do. And I think that's why he's more open and just forthright with how things are going. I mean, 
his deal with McAfee right after the draft was about as honest as any general manager you're going to find in the NFL. And Ursay has been extremely honest on multiple topics throughout the years. So um, I, I would prefer the Colts version of this, although when you talk, you've got to back it up. And Ursay has said he wants to back it up by being more like Tennessee, which is the tough physical mentality. And it's, uh, there, there's a, a oil, and, oil and water mix there between the two franchises. I'm going to throw this out. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, apparently the commanders uh, tampered. or went, According to Jimmy Ursay, yeah. they tampered. But according to commanders, they reached out. Ursay's pissed. I went back to this, Jonathan. I said, if you remember back in October, Ursay went after hard Daniel Snyder. He was yep. the only owner. I've been told that Ursay knew of this tampering as long as a year ago. There's always a backstory, and that's why Ursay, when given the opportunity, came out to Daniel Snyder. Uh, that is tampering. Luck is property of the Colts. Ursay's not wrong here. No, but the interesting part to me, the, the, the tampering rules in the NFL are very vague and vague on purpose. Um, but you can't, you can't reach out to a player or his representative unless given permission by the team, or it's within this open window now, the quote-unquote legal tampering period, which is really just the open free agency. But point being, Dan, uh, this is also the franchise, Washington, that Indy traded Carson Wentz to. So I, they had talks with Washington about the trade with Wentz, and I, I read this and think Washington was trying to figure out if they could talk with the Colts about luck, trading for luck instead of trading for Wentz and just figure out if the guy was, was – actually wanting to play or not to bring it up with Indianapolis because I mean I, I, I'm in, the other backstory here I'm intrigued about how Washington got in touch with the dude if that's true because no one's heard from Andrew Luck Andrew Luck lives right over here in Zionsville Indiana apparently built a house with his wife and his kids um, I, I am not exactly man about town I used to live in Zionsville in the town I moved out the other side of town I am not exactly man about town, but I do know a lot of people that do go out and do – nobody's seen the guy. Like, he showed up at halftime of, like, a football game. I don't yeah. know which one. Maybe it was a college game. And he looked like he weighed 105 pounds <laughs> and was eating, you know, dirt and bugs. But you're right. No, He's, he's, the, miss, he's the missing link. He's gone. We don't know. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, uh, it's Jake Locker, same way. I mean, Jake Locker uh, bought his grandparents' home and lives in Washington State and – uh, is a recluse, like has no interest in being seen. And you could just tell when Luck retired the way he did, he was going back into the, you don't talk about a darkness retreat. Uh, that's what Luck, Andrew Luck's been on that yeah. for four years now. Uh, let, not four days, four years. And I mean, they, I, I think more than anything, Ursay is just willing when he's asked a question, he's not going to skirt the issue. And I, I, the hinting about the Snyder stuff is certainly stirring the pot for his sentiment. But beyond that, I mean, what pisses off all NFL owners is if you're taking money out of the pot based on revenue that you're supposed to be splitting amongst all owners. Uh, that's really what got the owners stirred up was the revenue and the ticket sales and the accusations and the investigations about that more than anything else. And it, the black eye on the league is public, and that's what they're pointing to. Privately, they're looking at their, you know, their split. They're getting a ton of money, and I don't feel sorry for them in any way. But I think Ursay's probably more upset about that than he is, hey, you, you called Andrew Luck or got in touch with Luck's representation. Uh, they still traded for Carson Wentz and gave up a lot 
and, and bailed Indy out. So Ursay should be thankful for that. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, <clears throat> I've talked to Ursay about luck, and that's like his child. Oh, yeah. You know, he gave him 20, $22 million to go away, you know. I mean, it's a weird yeah. – Jonathan, I swear to God, it's the weirdest thing. They paid luck hundreds of millions, and then when luck walked out on them, they gave him another 22 or 24 million. And I asked her, say, why? And he said, well, it was the right thing to do. And I, I really? It, you know, the millions you gave him wasn't the right thing to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing with Andrew Luck and Ursay. Um, and that's a good thing, right? <clears throat> you want that relationship between quarterback and owner. But, I mean, that, to your point, I mean, that would also irk Ursay. But, I mean, it's also about who's doing it and when it took place, right? So, if he's if they're picking up the phone and calling and, uh, any representative of, of Andrew Luck, it's against the rules. Honestly, though, I don't know about the penalty. I don't know if they can prove it. But if they do, hopefully by, all, by the time they, they get down this path, this, the franchise is officially does, – it doesn't have Snyder letterhead anymore. So, uh, from that angle, I hope they don't go after the organization. I hope they go after Snyder. What did you think? Uh, I got to get your take – on the owner of the Suns and the flop oh, yeah, and Jokic with the chicken wing. What do you got? I mean, uh, Ishbia is uh, on the on the baseline saying, uh, Malin, you can re- – I mean, I interpret what he said to say, we got one, meaning we got the ta- – we, we, we have the tech on him. Uh, total flop. I absolutely love the fact that Jokic and you've got uh, the head coach in Malone that are calling calling him a fan. They refuse to say it was the owner of the Suns. They're they're saying, are you talking about the fan? Because they they actually removed one of the fans last night from the building for whatever took place there. And you've got Isaiah Thomas and Ishbia and a a couple of others standing there while they're refusing to give the basketball back. It was all crazy. Jokic is saying that he was touched first. He was touched on the hip by Ishbia. And, and then, I mean, it, it was a elbow, but, uh, I mean, if they made contact, it wasn't that difficult. It looked more like WWE or something at the county fair uh, as far as the flop is right. concerned, uh, taking a bump and taking a pin. But the technical went to jo- – I had no problem with it either way, and I don't think he should be suspended. And I think it's hilarious that they're pointing to the owner saying, yeah, he's down there, he's, disres- he's, dis- uh, he's taking uh, the, the game into his own hands, he's <laughs> refusing to let us play. Are they not going to protect the game and protect the flow of play? It's hilarious to me that they're just calling out the Suns owner. But, hey, Phoenix got a big win. And for the first time, Dan, I've been watching a lot more of the NBA playoffs in the first and second round than I have in years because it's more about the play on the court than all the BS talk off of it. I agree. No, I I want to get into that. I have not heard any – Social justice. I haven't heard any politics. Yeah. I've seen really good basketball is what I've seen. Yeah, I know Malcolm X books <clears throat> on page two being read by LeBron James uh, standing right. at a podium. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's – I want more of this version of the NBA. This, this will have me watching the product prior to the conference finals. So, uh, in, you know, who knows what happens today. They're liable to everyone come out with some political statement. But the league's got to get back to the sport and the trash talk and the controversy. Nothing, it only benefits the league to show this replay with one of their top players in the game today, the back-to-back MVP until this year, uh, on top of Joel Embiid, who is now the MVP. You've got Jokic. And the, the drama with the Suns' ownership, that was a 2-0 series. Now all eyes are watching that. 
Lakers Warriors uh, with what Golden State is now trying to do coming back in this series like they had to do against the Kings. Uh, and, and Philly and Boston has been tremendous. So I, I like the product right now. Uh, and as soon as they go back to the statements and talking about news that, I mean, let's be honest, is about three sentences long that they're reacting to on Twitter, which is the vast majority of society, um, if it goes back to that, I'm out. And you know, I, I won't be able to sit here and talk NBA with you because I won't be watching. No, I agree with you. I, it, it's been a pleasure. You know what else has been a pleasure? And I don't know how much you pay attention, but along the same vein, Major League Baseball has been a pleasure because it's faster. People can yeah, complain. Dude. But I watched a game the other day. It was raining like crazy, so I turned the game on, and I liked it. I've loved it. Uh, the, I, I like the separation of some of the college and NFL rules, right, like the uh, stopping the clock after first down. I, just, I, I like the fabric of both sports. Even it, it makes it feel like two separate sports in a way with what college does and how they produce those games versus what the NFL does. Baseball needed this. I don't know if baseball needs a shorter version, an even shorter version of what they have right now. But this pace of play and what they've done in extra innings to make things more exciting with the runner on second, stolen bases are up, runs and home runs are up. This is as, as close to the version of the late 90s, early 2000s Major League Baseball for me that we're going to get back to, where it's about putting runs on the board, pace of play is at an all-time high compared to where it's been the last two decades. I mean, it's like Kirk Schilling's on the mound every single game because he wanted to work fast. He wasn't worried about taking his time. He wasn't nervous about the next pitch. He was going to throw heat. And that's what a lot of these pitchers are doing. And I think they've done a good job of rolling things out. And the players in Major League Baseball, Dan, let's also mention this. They had to adapt to these new rules, just like a middle linebacker had to adapt to the new way of tackling in the NFL based on how they have been trained from Pop Warner to middle school to high school to college. And then these new rules came in for concussion awareness and everything else, protecting the quarterback. And you adapt or you don't. And those players have done that over the last several years. And they figured out a way to keep, keep their, you know, their names and their bank accounts open for the teams they're playing for. Same with Major League Baseball players. I think they've done a nice job implementing this without much framework, honestly, other than spring training to go by. I agree. I, I, I think it's been absolutely terrific. Hey, uh, before I let you go, uh, I got to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I looked, and this is incredibly hard, I know, but I went back and looked, or at least I, I read an article about it, like, Mel Kuyper got one out of 32 one. right on a mock draft. The, the best was, like, six out of 32. Mock drafts are crap. I guess we need him. It keeps interest. But, damn, one? One. And his number one on, like, January 25th was Will Levis, who went 33rd and fell completely out of the first round. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Kuyper is an institution, man. Like, he was doing this long before he should have been doing it with video cassettes in Baltimore in his basement, you know, running tape and trying to make this into what it was. What the NFL draft is a separate league and sport altogether for the NFL in the offseason with over 10 million viewers. I mean, it's, it's nuts. And the intrigue is all the mocks, all the talk. It, I mean, it's, it is tabletop or, or, or bar, bar talk with the, with the guys, right? Like who are you trading up for? Who are you trading back for? What's the strategy? Uh, it's armchair quarterback and general manager this time of year. And uh, Kuyper built a lot of what we're seeing today 
just on making it intriguing and the, getting the debate going. And everyone plays a role in that, by the way. The teams don't show their hand. They play along with what the NFL wants, which is drama, intrigue, and they sell hope this time of year. They've got players putting on jerseys. They're with team facilities within 24 hours taking photos in, in full uniform. They want those season tickets to sell, and so do the media partners because they want eyeballs on it. Everyone plays a role in the hype, and I think that's a, a reason why no one really plays a role in going back and, and assessing who's really good and who's not when it comes to it. Shout out, though, to Daniel Jeremiah, who the morning of the draft had the Houston Texans taking C.J. Stroud, and he had the Houston Texans trading up to three to draft Will Anderson. So where there's Kuyper, there's also Daniel Jeremiah, who absolutely hit a grand slam. Hey, do you think Kuyper should be a Hall of Famer like Seth Wickersham of ESPN said? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think he will be. I do too. But it's not – It's not. Uh, uh, the players are kind of upset about it. Former players I've, I've either talked to or heard from. And it, what they don't realize, and it's not the fault, not their fault. I don't think the casual fan would know. There's only five common era players that get in on an annual basis. And then from there, what the Pro Football Hall of Fame has done is they have created wings and categories of contributors, media and television uh, exceptions, and others. And you and uh, the 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 history, the the guys who have aged out of the voting process can then go in as a legacy candidate for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. So if Kuyper were to get in, it's no different than if John Madden got into the Hall of Fame, and he did in both wings, from the contributor angle and as the broadcaster. So I, I don't think it would be some controversy that they're passing up on a future player who would be eligible. They're not. This would be a separate category altogether, uh, no different than Ed Sable, who started NFL Films who is in the Pro Football that's Hall right. of Fame. That's right. That's exactly right. That's a, that's a great point on Sable. I always say about Vitale, Dick Vitale's not in because he was a coach. Dick Vitale's in because he's a contributor. Now, would you agree that the Football Hall of Fame is a little bit um, more sanctimonious, a little bit more church-like? Uh, you know what I'm saying by that? Compared to – I haven't been to the – I have not been to Cooperstown. It's a bucket list, but I have not been. No, I'm, I'm talking about – I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as how it's guarded, I guess. Um, well, you mean as far as like how many get in versus how many should get in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I kind of like that though. I kind of pro football yeah. hall of fame should be different than it's it to me. It's a it, in a, a lesser scale. Are you an all pro or a pro bowler? Because there's two different versions of that, and it's a different yes. step on the stair uh, on the ladder. So if you're an all pro. That, that is a different level of player than a pro bowler who is a third alternate but gets to put the pineapple next to his bio. So I, I, if you are going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you're one of just under 400 players in the history of the game, uh, not just players, but p people, period, in the history of the sport that have had that honor. Uh, I, I don't mind the, the, the attention to detail and whether or not a player should get in on a, a, another player. But as far as the numbers go, I mean, I like the fact that if you sign up and you're one of the selectors for this, that you have a very difficult decision to make. And if you're taking your job seriously, and the vast majority of them do, uh, the vast majority, from what I understand, step up and actually say something in that room, um, I think that makes it that much more impactful and valuable 
to the individual that finally gets the call. And if you open it up to 10, it cheapens it. It doesn't mean that the players aren't, uh, the, uh, the other five, the new five that would get in and join them don't deserve it, but it does cheapen the overall quality of what this day in August will mean when they get inducted. I agree with that, but I, I don't think I don't think Kuiper cheapens it even a little no. bit. He, I mean, you know, he. Cre- I'm not saying he created it. You know, he, but he made it important when it wasn't important. Let's put it that way. Well, look, look. I, I think there should be uh, NFL scouts should be a part of this. There should be, you know, uh, assistant coaches that are just great minds and change the game as offensive and defensive coordinators. Doesn't mean you have to be a great coach, head coach. But there are offensive and defensive coordinators that have completely changed the way that the game is played or schemed up against on a weekly basis. And it it doesn't mean that they're not Hall of Fame worthy. Um, In in many ways, that's the criteria of what you're looking for. And there's only two of those that get in on an annual basis. It's a very, very small group. And honestly, it's not taking away from the maximum amount of modern-era players they take it from 15 down to five every year. It's not like they're taking 15 players and whittling down to five, and of the 15, only 13 actually played the sport. That's not how they're doing that in the room. In fact, it's already predetermined by the time they sit down. They've already had the vote for the others. Yeah, I, no, no, that's well said. That's, that's beautiful. Hey, man, what you got on today? Man, we've got a lot of reaction to the weekend, uh, especially – uh, in regards to Bronny James, who commits to USC. I wasn't shocked that he's staying in Los Angeles. I do think it is, it's worth digging into on USC versus UCLA. And, and the fact you're getting this guy for one year, and it's not that he didn't go to Ohio State or Oregon. It's just it was USC. I, I, I think that's great. And we'll, we'll have plenty of discussion behind the scenes on name, image, likeness, because he leads the pack by a large margin on what he's going to make this year. He, he nearly went to the G League for the, the, the NBA G League Unite, or whatever the team is called. Uh, Ignite, excuse me. They, he passes that up. He ends up at USC. And LeBron said, he's like, hey, he's there to play basketball, but he's also going to enjoy the experience of college because he's the first, he's the first person in his family that's been to college. Yep. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Hey, by the way, not saying that he's staying in college very long, Dan, but when he steps foot in any roles, he will be the first. I think it's going to be interesting to see how good he really is because there's a lot yep. of debate on that. Yep, 6'3", 4-star. Yep. All right. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk Off to you. Off he goes, we'll, Jennifer. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Hey, tell everyone, join us today. 320 is when you'll be joining us, 320 Eastern on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Yeah. Withrow's back in the seat. I'm sitting here right now, back from New York. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jennifer, you are welcome. I kept Jonathan Hutton longer. The women are swooning here on the YouTube chat as Jonathan Hutton comes on. Crush the like button. Go to YouTube and absolutely destroy the like button. We Apparently, likes are really important in my world, so go ahead and do that. I will be right back. We'll be back in a minute. Got a lot to talk about. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah, man, Bronny James makes his commitment. I know a lot of Ohio State fans are mad. By the way, Sean Avery is going to join us, the legendary hockey player with a legendary podcast that has only been described as explicit. That's right, explicit. You'll want to see and hear from Sean Avery. But you know what? Uh, I got to get back to a few headlines, and there's some interesting stuff. Hutton mentioned LeBron James's son, Bronny, and I think that LeBron James's son, Bronny, is going to be a good player. He's 1,000% going to be in the NBA. He's 1,000%, even if he's not good enough, going to play with his dad. His dad is king of the NBA, and you know what? Good for him. I mean, seriously, who really cares, right? I mean, I don't care. If you get to play with your dad, that's awesome. And one of the interesting things about this kid is that he, even under the shadow of a guy who many consider to be the greatest player in the history of the NBA, has really kind of established his own niche. He's established, you know what, he's good enough. Now, there are a lot of very critical people about Bronny James. There are a lot of people that say, oh, he's not this. Well, he's only, okay, well, fine. But the fact of the matter is, uh, he's good enough. He's 19th rated player. He's not the 19th best player in the country. I mean, I've had numerous college scouts say, hey, look, you got to be careful because not only are you getting Bronny James, but you're getting LeBron James and all his social media influence. And that can make or break a coach. Like he coach makes a mistake. You know, LeBron James is going to be the idiot dad. I mean, who doesn't know that? We all understand that. So LeBron James and Bronny James go play for Andy Einfeld, who has shown that he can certainly go get recruits. He has also shown that he can't really do a whole lot with them. He has let, When he was at Dunk City at Florida Gulf Coast, he was all the rage because they beat Georgetown and others to go to the Sweet 16. Now really out uh, in, San, in, at, in USC world, um, he's all right. He's good. I don't blame Mick Cronin at all. Like if I were Mick Cronin, and based on what I know Mick Cronin to be, based on his personality, I honestly believe the last player I would want on my team is LeBron James's son. I don't need Bronny James on my team. I don't need the hassle. I got enough hassles. I'm the head coach of UCLA. I mean, there's a hassle there because UCLA still thinks John Wooden is going to walk through that damn door. John Wooden ain't walking through that door, people. Uh, Jalen Rose is uh, no stranger to stupid. And when I say Jalen Rose is no stranger to stupid, I mean it. Jalen Rose always, look, at you can see him right here. He's got the fro. He's got the go. He's trying to be a 70s. He's trying to reinvent the 70s activist look. And good for Jalen Rose. I mean, when you are a no-talent hack, uh, you must present a look. You must present something that people can go about. See, Stephen A. Smith puts on a nice suit. He does his thing. You know, um, I don't know. 
Mike Wilbon puts on a nice suit, does his thing. Jalen Rose is trying to be a 70s African-American activist with the little fro, uh, the glasses, the goatee, and good for him. Good, good for Jalen Rose. But Jalen Rose is an idiot. Jalen Rose said that the reason that the Knicks struggle is because it's warm outside. He blames the weather. Now, I assume he's tying it into racism because nobody does racism worse than Jalen Rose. Nobody figures out racism and how he can interject it into the dumbest of things because, well, Jalen Rose is stupid. He wanted to cancel Mount Rushmore. He said that men should spend $100 per haircut. He said that Phil Jackson is a racist. He said who people who might have COVID should sit out games in the playoffs in 2013. But now Jalen Rose is saying that, well, you know, it's hot outside. And frankly, the Knicks can't handle the hot, the heat. Well, you see what I did there? The heat, that's who they're playing. So the righteous one, Jalen Rose, is blaming the heat, not the basketball heat. He's blaming the weather for the loss of the Knicks. Good for him. Good for him. See, you got to understand, it's the worst show on television. Smith, Greenberg, Wilbon, and Rose. And here's the deal. ESPN knows that their NBA countdown show is awful. It is horrible. You have four guys up there, three of whom in Smith and Wilbon and Rose are auditioning. Wilbon is trying to be the old curmudgeon, smartest guy in the room. Uh, Smith is trying to be a politician. He's trying to be hot take guy. And Rose is just there because, truthfully, you want to know why Rose is there? Because ESPN signed him to a big money deal to do the morning show. He lasted about a month because he's very lazy. He wasn't getting up at that time. Then they gave him a Rose and Jacoby or Kobe and Jalen or whatever the hell show, and that's been canceled. So what do you do with the guy? Well, he's an ex-NBA player. Well, he's good-looking. He's well-spoken. So away you go. You just put him on, and let's go that route and fine. That's it. That's the only reason. That and because he's African-American. I mean, if he were a white dude doing this, he would be working in local TV uh, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Let's be honest. But the indoor Knicks got beat by the outdoor heat. Wait till Jalen Rose discovers uh, air conditioning, I think he will be absolutely, positively shocked. I do. I think he will be shocked. Um, I want to go back to something. I want to go back to something that I think is awesome, that, that Jonathan Hutton said. Nikolai Jokic, Mike Malone, both referred to Matt Ishba not as an owner, but by, well, he's a fan. Let's, hey, Ryan and Dylan, let's play the Mike Malone Denver Nuggets uh, clip when he gets told, well, you know, Ishbia is an owner. Let's play the clip. 
I'm still not really sure what happened. I haven't seen a video of it. I think it's crazy that Nicola got technical foul in that situation. He's going to get the ball, and some some fan is holding on to the ball like he wants to be a part of the game. Just just give the ball up, man. You know what I mean? And you know they they deemed Nicola doing something that was excessive, I guess, and they gave him the tech. But uh, I still don't really understand it. I don't give a shit. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I really don't care. There you go. There you go. I don't give a blank. Let's hear from Nikolai Jokic, because this is going to be the biggest story until Wednesday when they, when they play again, and we're going to see what the NBA does. Let's hear from Jokic. It's pretty good. He told, he told me he was elbowing the, the, the fan. So, but the fan put the hand on me first. So I thought the, the, the league's supposed to protect us or whatever. So, but. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, so we will see. Did Which, you happen to know who the fan was? He's a fan of, he's a, no, 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 no. I know who he is, but he, he's a fan, isn't he? If uh, he's a sitting, he's a sitting. Phoenix Suns owner. Sitting on the court and he's a fan, isn't he? Yeah. That doesn't mean that he's a, so whoever it is and he's a fan, he cannot influence the game by holding the ball. Do, do you worry that this may lead to a fine or suspension or anything Why? like that? Uh, just if the NBA official said that he thought you shoved him. Mm-hmm. So, but his hands on me. So, I'm, they're not gonna protect me. They're gonna protect the fan. I mean, not not me, not me as a person. But I'm, I'm talking about as a player. Yeah. I mean, they can do whatever. Of course, they don't care. But I think they're supposed to protect players. Were, were you surprised that he? didn't just hand you the ball. I mean, that's what I expected maybe would happen. The fan would. Even if he didn't, I was, I was trying to rip the ball, and so he didn't let go. So he's influencing the game, I think. And I think he's supposed to get kicked out if he's influencing the game. All right. That's Nikolai Jokic. There's Ishbia. He's scrappy. All right. Let's go to what, since we're looking at Jokic, Charles Barkley chimed in. Apparently there was one, one voter that didn't have Nikolai Jokic in his top five. Now, how stupid is that? I don't know whether it's a white guy afraid to vote for Jokic or an African-American voter being racist. I don't know. Who knows? Let's hear from Sir Charles. There's one person, I don't even know this fool's name, didn't even have Joker in the top five. Like, people like that shouldn't get a vote. There you go. It's that simple. You don't have to go into the why. You know, is it an African-American guy and he listened to Perkins and I'm not voting for a white guy. All you got to do is look at his ballot and I guess you can figure it out. Is it a white guy that's too chicken blank to vote for a white guy because he doesn't want to hear from African-Americans like Perkins about he's racist? Look, I don't know. But the bottom line is simply this. He shouldn't have a vote. Because number one, he is not good at knowing who the most valuable players in the league are. If you don't vote Jokic, you can take all the ancillary crap out. If you don't vote vote Jokic as one of the five, then you have not, ladies and gentlemen, you have not watched the league and you should not have a ballot. It's literally that simple. Second, if you are too chicken blank to go against either, well, I'm afraid of an African-American analyst like Kendrick Perkins, then you shouldn't have a vote because you're too chicken blank. Or if you're an African-American dude and you're just not voting for a white guy, then you shouldn't have a vote because you're a racist. 
But either way, what Sir Charles said is right. I don't want you to have a vote. I hope they won't do it. I guarantee you they won't do it. Because I guarantee you it's African-American that didn't want to vote for a white dude. And you know the media is not outing that. By the way, before we go to Sean Avery, did you see this? Did you see that a Mexican gangster cartel member murdered a bunch of people and it's called white supremacy by the Wall Street Journal? I have no words. We'll be back. Sean Avery next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know, all you got to do is do a little bit of background work and you'll find that Sean Avery is our kind of guy. Hey, uh, I believe that you are on the wrong side of the media. I'm, I'm going through, um, you know, Wikipedia and other things, and I'm like, wait a second here. This dude's just on the wrong side of the media. He got on the wrong side. Everything that he did all of a sudden is a controversy. And I'm reading these things and I'm going, what a bunch of crap. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate you guys having me. <laughs> hey, um, let's go through a couple of things. All right. At what point will a transgender hockey player play women's hockey? And how dangerous would that be for the women playing against a dude? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I'm sure we're going to see it at, at a certain point. I guess the only thing is, What's the incentive? Because unfortunately, I guess the women don't make that much money, right? So it would have to be just a total ego thing where you wanted to go out and you wanted to dominate, really. Well, that's, you know, I mean, track and field we've seen. We've seen uh, swimming where there's no money. You know what I mean? So my thing is yeah. any sport, in, in, including the Olympics, where you get money for first place, a gold medal, silver medal, gets you 25, 50 grand, whatever it is. We've seen it where there's been no incentive to it. So I just assume hockey, ah, that's next. The WNBA, that's coming. The Olympics, same thing. Well, I saw something interesting the other day where a, a gentleman entered into a women's uh, poker tournament, which I thought <laughs> – you know, I mean, it's it's a two-way street, right? It has to be. Isn't that how this world operates? We're, we're on a two-way street. Um, so if we're going to open it up, I, I guess, you know, we open it up. But no, to your question, yeah, that would be extremely dangerous. That would be extremely dangerous, especially you see 
you know, the NHL playoffs right now. And, and uh, these boys, these young men, they're quite strong. They're quite fast. Um, some of them are violent. You know, it's a tough game. Uh, I, I, I think that I've always thought that there's genders for a reason. Um, but, you know, I'm in California, so I, 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 I got a lot of stuff going on out here that, that uh, feels a little bit unusual. I always thought they were genders for a reason. That's going to go up on my quote wall because so simple. <laughs> and can you imagine five, ten years ago you had to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thankfully I wasn't, you know, actually thankfully or, or, you know, one of the things that I, I think frustrates me about sports today, professional sports is that, um, all of the, all of the guys that I look up to athlete wise, they've really disappointed me over the last couple of years because they've missed an opportunity to really take center stage and kind of, uh, state their opinion, you know, on what they feel like is right, on what they were brought up with. Um, and, and what's also interesting is, and sort of ironic, is like I was the first professional athlete to ever support same-sex marriage in the United States. I was in a New York Ranger jersey. I did a PSA for marriage equality in New York State. Um, and to me back then, that was totally normal, right? But I think that the um, the gay and lesbian movement has been hijacked somewhat, um, and it, it, it's radical. And I always thought that word "radical" was, man, when you say that word now, it, it really feels something. You feel that it feels radical, you know. Um, so I, I've been an OG in the game for a long time, and I feel like. I, I actually kind of have this uh, this hall pass to support what I did support and to take a position of not supporting something or feel, feeling like if something's being thrust upon us at this point in life, it's not cool. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Who are some of the people that you look up to, uh, athletes, that you're disappointed in and, and why? Yeah, I mean, I think... Listen, if we go back to, uh, you know, the COVID era, which doesn't seem that far uh, removed, um, I, I think that there were some, certainly some hockey players. I'll stay in my lane. I, I feel like there were some hockey players that uh, could have made some statements, could have taken a position uh, early on and even later in the game and that really missed an opportunity, you know. And I'm not looking for a Connor McDavid to stand up in front of the whole entire country two years ago, but maybe to today, you know, certainly in Canada with, with, we have a radical in, in, in Justin Trudeau, who's the prime minister of the country. Um, you know, hockey players in Canada have, have, they have immense influence. Every kid grows up and, and wants to be one of them. So I think there was an opportunity for some guys to do some things that they missed out on. You know, a guy like Connor McDavid, who has emerged into a superstar, how difficult is it? You're, you were a very, very, very well-known player. How difficult is it for a guy like that 
to stand up in this day and age because one side is going to be pissed, the other side may be happy or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? How hard is it yeah. for a hockey player in Canada to stand up? Well, nothing's difficult if you believe in it and, you know, you 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 trust your instincts, right? Uh, like, difficult is... Difficult is, yeah, I, I guess everything's difficult, but you know what? Some things are meant to be difficult and some things have to be done. And also when you become, when you become the face of a, of a sport, the face of a country, in my opinion, you have responsibility to do those difficult things. Um, now, I'm not saying it has to be one specific player, but there's a lot of guys that are superstars. There's a lot of guys that have the opportunity to have the microphone on a, on a, on a daily basis. And it would be nice to see some of these guys every once in a while uh, because we have no problem with LeBron doing it in basketball. You know, we have no no problem with um, whoever it is in, in, in baseball or, or uh, uh, football, right? I, I'd like to see it a little bit more, but that's the problem. And I think that's why Canada's in a tough spot right now is because generally we are, you know, friendly people. We don't like to rock the boat. Um, but, but, you know, it, 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 it's time. If we thought two years ago, it was an important time. And, and I, I, I see the kids now, you know, uh, I see, I'm a dad. I, I know what the last two years or th three years have done to our, our kids. And, and it's important, you know, it's important to stand up for things that you believe in. And by the way, well, let me, in the let NHL, me in the NHL, the contracts are guaranteed. You know, you're not getting your contract voided. If you've got a 10-year contract, you're getting paid for 10 years no matter what. Uh, guys not choosing to wear the rainbow jerseys, sticks, all that. How do you feel? Would you have worn yeah. it? Well, again, I'll come back to it. You know, when I was playing and I was sort of I don't know, not put my neck out on the line because I had the support of my owner, but, uh, you know, marriage equality stood for gay and lesbians, right? That, that was the now, no, I wouldn't wear it. Um, I wouldn't wear it and I wouldn't wear it because I have issue with the propaganda. You know, I have issue with, um, six, seven, eight-year-old kids being told that they might be something versus, you know, them understanding who they are and taking time, <laughs> you know? So, so no, I don't think I would, I, I would wear it. No, I, I know I wouldn't wear it, you know? And, I, and I'm proud of the guys that for religious reasons or whatever reasons, for whatever reasons they, they, they chose, they chose not to. You know, it, it, it is interesting. I, I, I cannot even believe we're having a conversation, you know, in a, in, a, in a country here in the United States. You can't get smokes till you're 18, can't drive a car till you're 16, can't get a tattoo till you're 18, allegedly or supposedly, can't drink till you're 21, but you can tell your mom or dad that I'm a boy when I'm a girl and get my stuff cut off. It just astounds me that that is a part of the culture that we currently have here in the United States. It's unbelievable to me.
Yeah, and 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 by the way, like you know, um, my son Nash, man, what what an amazing kid, right? This kid's like a golf prodigy, and but when I walk into a, a toy store with Nash, and you know, if Nash wants to pull a Barbie off the shelf, that's his choice, right? But now because of that choice that he makes, all of a sudden all these thoughts start going through my head. Like what happens if Nash goes to school with a Barbie? And, and I'm sure, I'm sure I played with a Barbie at some point, you know, I don't think that there was ever any question that I was going to, that I'm a boy, that I was going to be a man. Right. So it's just too much. It's too much. And it's scary to be honest with you a little bit. I, uh, my wife, I, I talk about her nonstop, but in this vein, she was a legendary softball player, all, all American, you know, back in the early nineties, all American, uh, played as a little girl in the football, the, the boys, we put a ponytail up and made sure the other, cause she wasn't allowed to play, but she disguised as a boy and led the team and time, you know, all that stuff. And she's like, Dan, I swear to God. In this climate, the teachers, at least the ones that we see, would have tried to groom her to be something that she wasn't just because she liked playing basketball in the winter, football in the fall, baseball in the summer. You know what I'm saying? That's some scary stuff, raising kids today. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and also, you know, I remember growing up and it was like, uh, kid wants to be a hockey player, right? Well, make sure as a parent that you don't push them too hard to be a hockey player because they're going to get burnt out or a baseball player or my parents always made me play another sport in the summer so that I didn't get burnt out from playing hockey. It's just interesting how, you know, the goalposts have shifted and the definitions of everything have changed, but the instinct of, you know, being a parent, being a protector, what our kids need, that hasn't changed. You know, no matter what. And I, I, I'm a new parent. I, I have a, a, a three-year-old, you know. So uh, I guess the good news is, is that we got a lot of freedom fighters in uh, North America, definitely in the U.S. And I think that they are getting bolder and bolder. And that's important because we need bold people to stand up Uh I, I guess, I guess the radicals. I want to switch to on the, on the ice. I, I got to tell you, because of a friend of mine, I've become a big Florida Panthers fan. What the hell's going on here with these guys? What a run. Man, they're a real wagon. The, uh, they, they, I keep finding these, a friend of mine keeps sending me these pictures of like little kittens or lions in wagons. <laughs> they're, a, they're a hell of a team. And one thing I'll say is that, you know, the regular season is for kids. The regular season is for kids. The playoffs is when the, the, the big boys put the big boy pants on. And as long as you peak at the right time as a team, you can get anything done. And if you have a hot goalie, you know, that makes it even easier. But as a Toronto guy, you know, I grew up and I had the, the Toronto Maple Leaf pajamas and uh, I haven't posted that picture on Instagram yet, and, and they haven't really given me a reason to. But, 
yeah, the 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 Panthers are a wheel wag a, a real wagon, and I'll tell you, it's good for Florida hockey. I mean, Florida hockey's had a good couple of years. Man, Florida hockey's had a great. You know what? I'm old enough to be like, man. I don't know hockey in Vegas where it's hot. I remember when Dallas went there, Florida. Yeah. I'm like, you're supposed to be cold and miserable going to a Blackhawks game when you're a kid. Now it's like, shoot, palm trees, sunshine, let's go. Yeah, and what's interesting, somebody said to me last night, we could see, uh, you know, I, I, I still have some conservative friends left in California, and uh, one of them said, can you imagine a Dallas, uh, a Dallas Florida final? <laughs> right, you got Texas and Florida in the Stanley Cup final, which we could we could very well see. Uh, but the game's exciting right now. It's it's always been an exciting game. Um, yeah. I had a conversation with a former NBA player, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. I coached basketball for 30 years, college basketball, and all that stuff, and. You know, people always want to say the good old days were better. And, and uh, me and a guy, Greg Anthony, is like, we're like, no, these guys are bigger, stronger, faster, shoot it better. You know, uh, where, where are you at with hockey relative to now how the game is played versus 30 years ago how the game was played or more? Yeah, I mean, I think if you pulled – so two things. These players are so incredibly skilled. They're so incredibly strong. They're bigger, they're faster. The game's more exciting from an actual skill standpoint. But, you know, I guess I'll, I'll fall in line with you guys where it's they don't make them like they used to, you know. They don't make them like they used to. The old school guys, the way the game was played. I mean, basketball, I can't even watch anymore. I mean, come on. And, and I, I always think, like, Jordan must be sitting in his living room uh, after playing, you know, a hundred holes of golf on, on a Thursday watching, watching this game, just kind of going, what, what happened? You know, what happened now? Hockey isn't as bad. That's the beautiful thing is once the playoffs come, the guys actually sort of revert back to the way the game was used to play and the refs put their whistles away and they let them play and, and it's, and it's exciting, but you know, we get that for a, a, a sliver of time. Um, so yeah. Is it is it possible, like I've always said this, and you can correct me, like you're making it sound like guys coast through the regular season. This shows you how ignorant I am. I always thought football and hockey, because you can literally die playing the sport. Basketball, you know, you're out there, guy touches you, you whine, you complain. But hockey, you dudes are brutal. Is it possible to coast in hockey? You're breaking news I mean, here for me. There, there's a there's a different gear to you know September, October, November, uh, December, January. It's the winter blues starts to get a little bit complacent, and then the guys start crank, uh, cranking it up. You know, um, so I, I guess the difference is 82 game schedule, right? Uh, it's a violent sport. Um, they can fight, which is a little little bit different than football. Um, you, you you see the tears of it, right? You see the tears of it. Um, but again, thankfully, we do have the playoffs, and and these guys turn into real true warriors, and we get to be the beneficiaries of that. 
Uh, Sean, last thing before I let you go. I love the Sean Avery rule. Like, the Sean Avery rule is genius. You're just sitting there distracting. That's pretty good where they had to make a rule to combat you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. I've always sort of laughed at it. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, sometimes rules are meant to be broken. In this situation, it wasn't a rule yet. So I really wasn't breaking any right. rules. Uh, I just kind of found a loophole. The problem is I went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and they had created a rule, which I think bypassed a lot of their own rules, like the NHLPA, the Players Association, doing it in the summer. Um, so records are great, right? Having a, a record is great. I think I would rather a rule. I, I'm with you. Hey, record's yeah. going to get broke, but a rule. I mean, somebody that, – that rule isn't going anywhere. Hey, no gruffs given with Sean Avery. Tell people what it's about, where they can find it, and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's my weekly podcast I do. Uh, but we actually just started a uh, – we've got this hockey podcast called At Quick Shift Podcast. I do it with Kevin Connolly uh, from Entourage, um, who's a, a, a diehard Islander fan. And – I mean, we're almost doing a, an episode every single day. It's at Quick Shift Podcast uh, on YouTube, uh, on Instagram, all those things. Um, but it's fun, you know. I, I like a microphone in front of me. I, I've never been afraid of a microphone and, and being able to talk about things that I enjoy. So, so yeah, go and check that out and, uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Are we going to have a reboot of uh, Entourage? I saw they've been talking about that, or at least Mark Wahlberg has been asked about that. Give us some scoop here. Well, yeah, Doug Allen, the, the creator, is my buddy. He's, he's actually been trying to get me into pickleball. I'm, I'm a, I'm a jujitsu guy now. You know, they got another show that they've shot called Ramble On, which is sort of the extension, and Charlie Sheen's in it, uh, John McGinley, uh, they're, they're, they're making a move. They're, we're, we're about to have that comfort uh, in our televisions on, on Sunday nights, hopefully, again. Uh, I got to tell you something. Let, let's go through two things that are diametrically opposed. Pickleball, jujitsu. Like, those <laughs> things couldn't be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are right. right. I got an ice bag on my ankle right now because my foot's the size of a balloon. Uh, yeah, pickleball's a little, it's a little too friendly for me. Uh, the <laughs> ice bag is, of course, from pickleball, not from jujitsu. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey, Sean. Thanks, man. Hope to have you back as the playoffs continue. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hey, you got to go. You got to go to the podcast. That's Sean Avery at Sean at I'm Sean Avery. I am Sean Avery. I've put it out wrong uh, all morning on our <laughs> on our freaking uh, Twitter handle. Look, I got stock up, stock down, and this might be the most interesting one that we have had because, well, ladies and gentlemen. I sat there and I got with the lovely Lee Ross Dockage and we came up with stock up, stock down. I can't say this enough. Dylan and Ryan, 
Can we go back to that Nikolai Jokic clip where, and then if you don't mind, I want to go to the Tommy Tuberville clip. Nikolai Jokic gets in a hassle. I cannot believe, actually, the more I thought about it last night, my mind is blown that we got a damn owner on the side, grabbing the ball, gets it ripped, gets pushed, and he flops. I got to tell you, Cuban was always on the court, right? He's right back there. George Steinbrenner, back in the day, famously would go in the clubhouse, but I've never seen an owner, and maybe it's good for Ishba. Ishbia. Maybe it's good. He got a point for his team. He contributed. Let's hear. Let's hear from Jokic after what happened last night. He told he told me he was elbowing the, the, the fan. So but the fan put the hand on me first, so I thought the, the, the league's supposed to protect us or whatever, so but maybe maybe I'm wrong, so we will see. Did you happen to know who the fan was? He's a fan of he's on the on, on, on the I know who is about here. He's a fan, isn't he? Is uh, he is a sitting senior? Phoenix Suns owner. Sitting on the court and he's a fan, isn't he? Yeah. That doesn't mean that he's a so whoever it is and he's a fan. He cannot influence the game by holding the ball. Do Do you worry that this may lead to a fine or suspension or anything? Why? Like that? Uh, just if the NBA official said that he thought you shoved him. Mm-hmm. So, but his hands on me. So. I'm, they're not going to protect me. They're going to protect the fan. I mean, not, not me, not me as a person. But I'm, I'm talking about as a player. Yeah. I mean, they can do whatever, of course. They don't care, but I think they're supposed to protect players. Were, were you surprised that he didn't just hand you the ball? I mean, that's what I expected maybe would happen. The fan would. Even if he didn't, I was, I was trying to rip the ball, and so he didn't let go. So. His influence in the game, I think. Uh, I think he's supposed to get kicked out if he's impl- influencing the game. Now, I'm going to do what we do in society, right? I mean, if you're Kendrick Perkins, you you slant your view towards your brothers. Uh, you know, Stephen A., uh, J. Will, we slant it all towards our brothers. That's my Serbian brother right there. That's right. That's my Serbian brother. Hey, look. I'm all in. Jokic got screwed. Free Jokic. Jokic gets suspended. That's a bunch of crap. Ishbia, good for you. Hey, I ain't mad at you. Look, and this is, I'm going to do Kendrick Perkins here. I'm going to do Jalen Rose. I'm going to defend my brother. Uh, In Europe, actually, everywhere except maybe in the United States, you get the ball, you get it to the ref, you inbound it quickly. You know what I mean? NBA does that for a little bit. So maybe Jokic was just reverting back. You know, I think he was just reverting back to his European roots as a basketball player where you get the ball quick and and you go. He wanted to steal two points. And in, in his overzealousness to steal two points, the owner came up and bumped him and he reacted as any adult male should react, which is get off of me. He didn't swing and punch. He didn't throw an elbow. He just, hey. He did, an elbow is this. He just went, hey, I think he was defending himself. I mean, when you get into a situation like that, you don't know who's around you. You don't know who's coming at you. You don't know if they're packing heat. You don't know. I mean, hey, look, that's my Serbian brother. Šlivović, Kruškovac for the ladies. Zdobra, Zivio. Be coming up on him, Ishbia. Smack you. And you know what else? 
if Ishbia got smacked like that, maybe he didn't flop. Maybe he's that soft. Maybe he falls in a heap. I don't know. But I got to tell you, if you're going to mess around with Ishbia, don't do it. Don't do it because he'll flop and probably call the cops on you. No suspension. I have decreed. There will be no suspension. We'll be right back. Stock up. Stock down. Got some great stuff for you. Coming up on America's fastest growing YouTube show. Smack the crap out of that like button, will you please? I mean, like it until you do it like Chicago. Like early, like often. And certainly stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, what a wonderful day. I thank all of you for being here. Uh, the weekend was terrific. A lot of Joe Mazzula hate because he let pro basketball players play out the last 15 seconds. I mean, what are you talking about? Son of a biscuit maker. Okay, the head coach let guys that are paid millions of dollars play out the last 15 seconds of a game without calling a timeout. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How dumb is he? What? You guys can't figure it out? I guarantee you Jalen Brunson would have figured it out. I guarantee you that he would have gotten them into some type of offense. And look, you've got Jason Tatum. You've got Jalen Brown. You've got Mar uh, Marcus Smart. I mean, you got dudes that are actually dudes. I mean, what's the problem? The bigger question for the NBA is going to be what's going to happen tonight. Is Anthony Davis going to show up for work? That's a big question. Is Anthony Davis going to get off his backside and go back to being 30 and 23? Because, of course, he can go ahead and do that. I mean, it's not like the Warriors got any big guys inside. We'll be tracking that. And go to my Twitter handle later on today, and I'll give you what I am going to bet. Elon Musk, stock up. Why is Elon Musk stock up? Because Elon Musk has decided to get real. Elon Musk continues, ladies and gentlemen to put things and put Twitter in a position where Elon Musk is just real. He put a tweet out that I thought was awesome. He put a tweet out that people, of course, are calling racist. Why are they calling it racist? Because it shows that men, uh, excuse me, that when we really, truly take a look at crime, I mean, really take a look at crime, I mean, really have a look. Uh, African-American crime against white guys is so much more than the other way. Uh, but we sit here and we say things like, well, you know, white supremacy, there you see it right there. Uh, Ely can look at it, and I just like the fact that Musk put it out. 
I like the fact that Musk wasn't afraid because you know what happens when you put something out. You're going to be called. And of course, AOC comes back in AOC stupidity. And instead of addressing it, she must attack the person. Look, I ain't mad at AOC. She's an idiot. That's what you do. At this rate, he's going to be begging for my pillow ad buys in no time. So people are mad that Elon Musk is saying interracial violent crime, black on white, 547,948. His black on Hispanic, 112,365. White on black crime. Listen to this, 58,778. That is damn near one-tenth of black-on-white crime. We all know that the population of the United States African-Americans is about 13%. Seems like an inordinately high number. And then, to make it even better, Musk shows a TV camera representing the media that focuses on one thing. And guess what that is? White-on-black crime. There's nothing wrong with this. This is a fact. These are statistics. These are actual. But of course, people like AOC and others, they have got to have a problem. Not with the numbers because they can't dispute them, but a clever little saying like Elon Musk, you will need the MyPillow guy. Look, I got a MyPillow and it is absolutely fantastic. Tremendous. Just is. Also, why Elon Musk is stock up is because Elon Musk is apparently, uh, while, well, let's just do that. Well, not apparently. He is trying to get us to Mars while Bill Gates is trying to inject little kids with poison. So don't ever say that Bill Gates and Elon Musk are the same person because they are not. Uh, James Harden stock up, not only because you have become big play James. No, not only because you have switched my mentality, my mentality from being a guy that disliked your game, from a guy that thought you were just a loser, to from, because you wouldn't play defense, you don't hustle, you don't get back on defense, but all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, this has changed. That's reason number one. Well, it's actually reason number two. All right, let's be honest. I mean, I, I, he, reason number one is because James Harden decided that he, ladies and gentlemen, was going to reach out and reach out. He did. He reached out to a guy that was paralyzed. I'm trying to find, I had the, I had it here and I'm trying to find it. But anyway, uh, he reached out to a kid that was paralyzed in the Michigan state shootings that we had a while back. We don't even pay attention now to shootings. That's how screwed up. That is how incredibly screwed up our country is. I mean, we're getting ready to have shootings. We're getting ready to have the border be open later on this week when Title 42 goes around. We are insane right now in our country. But James Harden, 
he brought a, listen to this, he fulfilled a promise to a Michigan State shooting survivor. John Ho, a survivor uh, of the Michigan State shooting, which killed three kids in February uh, and wounded five more, got the invite. He became friends with Ho, a student from China who has been left paralyzed from the shooting. Ho and his parents had been invited to the Philly game once Ho was able to travel. And true to his word, uh, Harden had the 20-year-old in attendance for Sunday's game, and they had a pregame hug. That's awesome. That is absolutely fantastic. Ho and Harden met on the court after the game, signing his shoes, giving them to him. It is incredibly, incredibly cool. Um, and he invited him to game six because, well, frankly, game six, uh, Ho was a good luck charm, and it's a great story. Harden had reached out to Ho after he learned that the 20-year-old was a fan of Harden's. Ten-time All-Star donated money and shoes to Ho during his recovery, as well as calling him over FaceTime, inviting him to a game, encouraged him during his rehab. I've been keeping in contact with him. Obviously, like any of us, something tragic like that happens, Harden says. It's a lot of nonsense going along around in the world. For him to be a victim of that is heartbreaking, Harden said. I mean, he's strong. He's bouncing back. He's recovering well. I feel like it's my job to give him that light, that smile he deserves and he needs. Hopefully today was one of those days where he's smiling. That's all I'm here for. Good for you, James Hart. Damn right. Speaking of good stories, Liam Hendricks. Remember Liam Hendricks? Liam Hendricks is the closer for the White Sox. What happened to Liam Hendricks? Well, Leah, Liam Hendricks got himself leukemia. He did. So what did Liam Hendricks do? Liam Hendricks whipped leukemia. Liam Hendricks went out and pitched a scoreless inning for the White Sox in their, uh, excuse me, on their farm team. Now, you say, well, that's great, but Liam Hendricks and people that beat cancer like Liam Hendricks did understand the immense struggle. We all look at it like, well, that cancer is very treatable. Well, you can get that done. Well, no, no. First time in 214 days, Two weeks from announcing he was cancer-free, Hendricks tossed a perfect bottom of the seventh for the triple-A Charlotte Sox. Although they were blanked, doesn't matter. He entered the game, got a standing ovation from fans, umpires, and players. He was touched. I went through my warm-up pitches. They made the PA announcement. Both teams got out and started clapping. Don't get me wrong. It is really nice. I very much appreciated it. It made me emotional, but I'm a guy who pitches on anger. And it's really hard to get angry when you know the other team is full of nice people who would do something like that. Through a 91-mile-an-hour fastball, through nine pitches, through fastball's curves, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a great story. He said, I was just happy to have an inning where I got three outs. Topic thing is never the pitch count. For me, it's getting loose, getting in, getting out. I got a swing and miss on a fastball. We contact on some sliders. My wife, Hendricks said, made me realize how big this is for a lot of people. Yeah, she told me it's more about overcoming something extreme and getting back on the mound so quickly 
it represents to people going through this right now. It's a lot bigger than just me. Yes, that's the kind of stuff that we should have more of in our country. And maybe we should do more of that on our show, but I ain't mad about it. The year was 1971. I was 10 years old. I don't know who took me. Maybe my middle, little league coach. But we went to Comiskey Park. Swear to God. We're down the left field line. Bullpen was in center field. And I heard it. Swear to you. Boom. Thump. 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 And Vita Blue was warming up in the bullpen. And I swear to you, to this day, I can still hear that thump. I can still hear Vita Blue warming up in the bullpen. He was with the California Angels. Um, He had an incredible leg kick. He had an unbelievably cool look about him. He had a, well, fastball, uh, the likes of which I'm not sure we've ever seen. But Vita Blue in 1971 won like basically everything. He was 24 and 8, 24 complete games, 1.82 ERA. I'm telling you, when I heard Vita Blue warm up, I looked at it like, my God, my God. In fact, Vita Blue made the cover of Time Magazine in 1971. It was unbelievable. I'm sitting there going, I have never seen anything in the world like this. Then he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And if you guys find the cover of Sports Illustrated with Vita Blue, I will tell you that it's the coolest cover of my young life. There have been other cool covers. Dick Allen burning a heater with a White Sox hat, red White Sox pinstripes. But Vita Blue was on the cover May 31st, 1971 of Sports Illustrated. And I can remember getting that subscription. I can remember sitting down, could not wait to read Sports Illustrated of Vita Blue. Vita Blue passed away. Vita Blue passed away the other day. Vita Blue was, well, his name was cool. He was cool. Everything about Vita Blue was badassery to me. He was 73 years old, which is way too young to die. Vita Blue was a bad man in my world. I wanted to be left-handed because of Vita Blue. Swear to God. I wanted to have the, there it is, the year of the hot ones. Look at that cover of Sports Illustrated. Look at that uniform. Look at that look. There's a kid named Glenn Carter, played baseball. I think he ended up playing basketball somewhere. I played against him. He was unbelievable. We always thought he was Vita Blue because he threw just like that. Big leg kick, left-handed. Man, Vita Blue died. You know, there he is. As you get older, when the heroes of your youth die, that, well, that hits you. Vita Blue. I hadn't thought about that until I thought he died. Then I called my brother. I go, man, 
Remember here in Vita Blue? Pop! 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 Oh. Uh, stock down. Let's play the clip from Sir Charles Barkley, shall we? Can we play the stock down clip or the clip from Charles Barkley? Whoever didn't have Jokic in their top five deserves what Charles Barkley says right here. Stock down. There's one person, I don't even know this fool's name, didn't even have Joker in the top five. Like, people like that shouldn't get a vote. Uh, tell me he's wrong. Please, tell me he's wrong. If the Joker isn't in the top five, we, us, should demand that he doesn't get a vote. She, whatever, because they're either racist and decided race would play into him not voting for him, him or her not voting for Jokic because he's white, or, ladies and gentlemen, or he was too afraid to vote for Jokic because he didn't want to face a racist media. doesn't matter. Uh, but I agree with Charles Barkley. I agree. All right. $1.99 from Otter Creek. Got my outing. Yeah. Let's go. I love my outing. Uh, if you've read anything about Antonio Brown... The news of Antonio Brown is getting weirder every single day. All right. So Antonio Brown has decided that he, ladies and gentlemen, is a foreign national. That's right. He's a foreign national. See, he's being criticized for his antics relative to his football team, the Albany Empire. So let's go into those antics. Um, there are, listen to this. This is so weird. I want to get this right. Antonio Brown's presence with the arena football leagues, Alabama empire hasn't gotten very easy to understand. I'm reading here. According to the Albany times union reps for Brown says that the former NFL receiver doesn't actually own those representatives show documents that stated that Antonio L. Alla Express Trust Enterprise owns 95% stake in the empire with Antonio L. Alla, a foreign citizen and a trustee. The empire's president and lawyer sent a letter from Brown to one of the newspapers. I want to make it clear that I'm not the owner of the team. And he claims that the contrary are false. He has referred to himself as the owner on social media. His father starred for the Albany Firebirds, which is an arena team, and people think that he owned the team, which he does. He's just nuts. Former head coach Damon Ware revealed on social media players and coaches haven't been paid since April 21st. Team president said resulted from a payroll issue uh, because of an ownership transfer. It's always the same people. Star players were suspended following incident on the team bus and police were called to the hotel. All right. There you go. I, I don't know. I don't care. 
But what I do know is every time Antonio Brown acts like an idiot, guess what happens? He gets more popular. It's just the world we live in. All right. Uh, let's show, and we can put it on, on mute. Let's show the Jokic interview. You don't have to, we don't have to hear it, but let's show it so we can see owner of the Suns, Matt Ishbia. Let's show him flopping. It's stock down. It's the first time in the history, I think, of any major sport, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, and of course the NBA, where an owner gets pushed by a player, or maybe it was the Malone video. I think it was the Malone video. I'm sorry. It wasn't Jokic. It was Malone. And he ends up flopping. Now, I got to tell you, it gives me a headache. It gives me a total and complete headache. I got a headache. Ishbia is, by all accounts, not a good dude. He, there he is. Uh, let's go flop. By all accounts, he's a great dude. By all accounts, he's just a dude's dude. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he, he puts his hand on Jokic. Jokic gets him off. Hey, my Serbian brother did nothing well, wrong. By all accounts, he's a really good dude. That's what I got. Uh, AOC tweet. Let's read from AOC again. Stock down to AOC. AOC uh, has become, well, among the dumbest of the dumb. We read this tweet earlier. AOC, in her world of pandering, is convinced, I mean convinced, that the person that, well, let's, let, let, let's go this route. I, I want to say this right so that I understand. Jordan Neely had 44 assaults, 44 arrests, 40, I mean, punching kids, kidnapping, you know, all this stuff. All right. Jordan Neely was doing this stuff on a subway when Daniel Penny allegedly choked the life out of him. AOC says, despite what Fox News wants you to believe, being afraid of an unarmed person is not a reason to kill them. You should never accept a society. Well, I got to tell you, I had a crazy guy named Jeffrey Beering walking around our neighborhood for years. He killed a little girl right behind my house. 33 times he stabbed her with a screwdriver. I don't know, man. Are we just supposed to uh, look the other way as people fight and strike and threaten? Are we just supposed to not do anything? Is that what we're supposed to do? There's a crazy guy right here. And everybody in our neighborhood app knows it. He's a little bit dangerous, stands outside of a school and yells at car. I don't know. What are you supposed to do? Wait until he rapes somebody? Are you supposed to wait until he takes out a knife? What are you supposed to do? Cops have been called numerous times. You tell me, AOC, what are you supposed to do? We'll see what happens. But I am certainly not Team AOC, and certainly I'm on the side of the guy who probably saved lives by doing what he did. Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden is always going to be in our stock down. Joe Biden, well, because he's constantly lying. 
He talked about how great his economy is the other day relative to, to Donald Trump's. That's a lie. He is the father of all of our children, or so he says, except that he refuses to acknowledge that his deadbeat dad's uh, son, Hunter Biden, has a granddaughter, by, or he has for him a granddaughter, by a stripper. Now, I don't know about you, but is it possible, is it just possible that this guy could just go away? I don't see it happening. You don't see it happening. But damn, would I love this guy to just go away. Go to Delaware. He's on vacation all the time. He's always doing, just go away. Just leave the premises as quickly as you can because he's full of crap. We're at 195 likes. It's time to get over 200. Apparently, likes help our show get distributed. So I'm asking, and I'm going to continue asking, please subscribe and please like. Let's go to Wokadope. Wokadope. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Snapchat AI. I'm proud to be white. I don't think it's helpful or kind to talk about race in that way. Let's talk about something else. I'm proud to be black. It's great to take pride in who you are. What's been going on with you lately? Look, this is the world we live in in a nutshell. Look, I'm not proud to be. I'm glad I'm white. I'd be glad if I were. I'm glad God gave me what God gave. That's how I look at it. I'm just glad God gave me all of this. And I've tried to utilize it to the best of my ability to make him proud. But this is the world right there we're living in. If you say you're proud to be white, well, that's not right. That's, that's, that's horrible. Shut up. That's how you feel? Say it. If you're proud to be black, God bless you. I'm proud to be this. I'm proud of whatever it is that the good Lord, who I believe in wholeheartedly, every day, all day, without fail, doesn't matter what you say to me, and it doesn't matter if I preach. I'm not changing anybody's mind. I'm just telling you what I believe. I believe in a higher power, Jesus Christ and his Father and the Holy Spirit. That's what I believe. And I'm thankful for them every day. You can believe in something else. But if somebody says they're proud to be white, good for them. If they're proud to be black, good for them. God bless all of you. What else you got? Somebody is getting fired at ESPN. Do you know why? You know why. One, two, three, four white guys. What? Four white men on a set? Two of them in the middle are more middle-aged. The other two, Orvlowski and Fowler, on the sides are young-ish to middle-aged-ish. You can't have, you absolutely cannot have four white guys represented on your television at any one time. Now, don't say Dan's mad. Dan's not mad. Dan's just pointing out that this never should have happened, and somebody right now is hearing it from Jimmy Patero, Norby Williamson, Stephanie Drooley, and all the little cretins at ESPN. I guarantee you, those guys, hey, 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 why do we have four white guys on this screen? You know, ever since the George Floyd, we're not allowed to do that. It's company policy. Some producer's going to get fired. Where's Swagoo? Where's Foxworthy? Isn't that one lady that always goes like this on TV? Uh, uh, I forget her name. McCall or I don't know. 
or the other lady that ever always interrupts people, the writer? Where are they at? We got to get African-American men and women on this screen. This is racist. This is horrible. We mustn't have this. Jimmy Patero right now is turning over in his grave. Norby Williamson is under his desk. Stephanie Drooley is aghast. Stephanie Drooley's a lady that I think I told you guys this. Stephanie Drooley called me when uh, the crazy lady from the, uh, what's her name, Joanne Mellis, was all mad because she wanted to go swimming with me. And I said, I'm not going swimming with somebody that isn't my wife. I'm not getting divorced. Well, of course, Dana picked up on it, and I became a misogynist. Oh, that was violence, she said. And then Stephanie Drooley, one of the heads of ESPN, called me, and she said, you know, the women of ESPN are upset about this. And I said, Stephanie, one of these great women of ESPN married with two kids is stupid a married with two kids friend of mine right here in Indianapolis. So I don't want to hear about the women of ESPN. And their sanctimony and their morals. I think, I don't know if she's still stupid them, but I know this. I've never said her name and I've been attacked. I don't play that, but I did have to tell Stephanie Drooly. Hey, Stephanie. Yeah, your girl here, one of the biggest women voices, married two kids, throwing down with a married two kids guy. Careful. Hey, thanks to everybody for the show. Man, we had a great time. I need you to crush that like button every day. El Presidente, will you take the charge in this? Because I am going to. I got to send you a sponsorship thing for your golf outing. Speaking of golf outings, uh, let's go sign up July 10th. I will post it again. Uh, All you got to do is, uh, I don't know, we'll get it out to everybody. Send me your email. I'll send you an an invite to our golf outing. We got to fill it up because every dime is going to dockage cycles for the city, which means every dime is going to kids. And we've paid the Evite, or Evite, is that what it's called? Extra charges. We're paying for that. We don't want you to pay that. We would love a foursome from you. Sign up, get a foursome. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have golf. We're going to have prize. We're going to have fun. July 10th. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Enjoy the NBA playoffs tonight.